Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Danny. Appreciate that. Thank you, Brother Hot Rod. Amen. Appreciate everyone that prepares and serves and adds to the service each and every week. I do appreciate all that you do. We're going to be in Philippians chapter number 1. Philippians chapter number 1. Be reading uh, verse 1 down through verse number 11. As I said a little, said a little bit ago, uh, today is the day that we uh, set aside to recognize our Sunday school teachers and express our appreciation for their labor of love and their faithfulness and their dedication to the work of the Lord. And boy, I'm telling you what, where would we be without our Sunday school teachers? And here in uh, Philippians chapter number 1, uh, verse 1 through 11, Paul is expressing his gratitude to the people of the church at Philippi. And I believe what Paul has to say here in this passage of Scripture, in his gratitude for the saints at Philippi, very accurately expresses my feelings uh, for the Sunday school teachers and those that work here at Marlbrook Baptist Church. I will say uh, that as I was thinking and praying about what to preach, uh, I said, Lord, what, what is it that you want me to preach to the Sunday school teachers this year? What is the message that you would have me to bring? And I was praying about it, and it's as if the Lord said to me, what do you want to tell them? And I'm like, well, I just want to tell them thank you. That's what I want to tell them is thank you. And the Lord took from that and he led me to this passage of Scripture and put this message together. And so really what I'm saying today is just going to kind of a personal from me to you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your dedication. Thank you for working in the cause of Christ. Thank you for putting aside personal interests so you can prepare the lesson. Thank you for spending money out of your own pocket to make the class better. Thank you for faithfully being there. Thank you for praying over your class. Thank you for what you do. From me to you this morning, I want to say thank you. Philippians chapter number 1, starting in verse number 1, the Bible says, Paul... And Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says in verse number 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you all making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve all things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. And Lord, thank you. Lord, for those who have answered the call to serve faithfully as Sunday school teachers. Thank you, dear Lord, uh, for each and every week that, Lord, they set aside time, uh, Lord, to study and to prepare. Uh, Lord, they come to your house and, Lord, they share, uh, Lord, with whatever age group, whether it's the little children and, Lord, they're just planting the seeds of the truth of your word or, Lord, whether it's the adults and, Father, they're teaching re regarding things that we face each and every day and, Father, Lord, whatever 
category they're in. Lord, I thank you, oh Lord, that they have answered the call. And Lord, that they faithfully prepare, they faithfully serve, they faithfully teach. Lord, to provide us an opportunity, Lord, that we might get strengthened. Lord, that we might grow. Lord, that we might be closer together. Lord, I thank you for them. Lord, as we look at this passage of Scripture this morning, Lord, with all of my heart, I just want to say to those that teach here, thank you. And Father, Lord, as we share from Paul's perspective the reasons he was thankful, I pray to Lord that they will see that, Lord, we also are thankful for them. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Bless now in the service. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. As I said here in this passage, Paul is expressing his appreciation for his fellow laborers in the faith, those that have worked with him, those that have labored beside him, and he is expressing his appreciation. In this passage, we see two things in this passage. First of all, we see why Paul is thankful, and he lists several reasons why he is thankful. But then we see his prayer for them. He's first, he gives wise thankful, and then Paul shares his prayer for his fellow labors. And so this morning, as we recognize our Sunday school teachers, uh, I believe this passage perfectly expresses my heart and hopefully the heart of everyone that benefits uh, from the labor of our Sunday school teachers. As we look at this passage, the first thing that I want to look at uh, is what we are thankful for. What we are thankful for. There are several things here that I see in this passage of Scripture that the Apostle Paul was thankful for that I believe you and I can be thankful for in regard to our Sunday school teachers. In verse number four, or verse number three, Paul said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making request with joy. The first thing that I see here that I am thankful for, I am thankful for the joy that you bring. I am thankful for the joy that you bring. You say, Pastor John, what are you talking about? Well, I remember as just a little child, going to Sunday school and having a Sunday school teacher who knew my name, who knew what I was, who was willing to pray for my sick dog or my sick cat, who was willing to listen to my little kid's request. They became a person who was very special to me, a person I knew I could confide in, a person who brought comfort and joy to my heart. As I've grown older now, I'm an adult Sunday school class and my age group is the class that Brother Danny and Brother C teach, and as I said a little bit ago, I look forward to Sunday school. I don't like whenever something comes up. I had to slip out uh, today uh, to take care of something, and I had to miss the end of Brother Danny's lesson. And boy, I don't like when I have to miss my Sunday school lesson because I look forward to that. And boy, I'm telling you what, Brother Danny and Brother C, I believe they get better every week that they teach, and I believe that's true of everybody. I just don't listen to the rest of y'all weekly. But uh, boy, I'm telling you what, they just bring the truth of the Word of God. And it feeds my soul, and I look forward to it. It's probably my favorite part of Sunday is getting to sit in that Sunday school class and getting to drink from the Word of God. Sunday school teachers bring joy to the church house, and I am thankful for the joy that you bring. If all of the Sunday school teachers were to stay home next Sunday, there would be a completely different atmosphere in the church on Sunday morning. There is something about Sunday school that adds an element of joy to the service. And this morning I say to you, as Paul said to these people, I am thankful for the joy you bring. Not only am I thankful for the joy you bring, but I am thankful for the fellowship that you provide. There in verse number 5, Paul said, For your fellowship 
in the gospel. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Why do I thank my God? For your fellowship in the gospel. You know what? Whenever you have something that you're interested in, it's always good when you find someone else who shares that same interest because now you've got someone that you can talk to about the things that you enjoy. I enjoy black powder rifles and shotguns. The old kind of black powder rifles and shotguns I enjoy them. I've just always kind of thought they were neat. I like hunting with them and using them. But most people don't like them. They're hard to clean. They get corrupted easy. They take a lot of maintenance. It takes a lot longer to get your second shot. And so most people that get into muzzleloading is just because it gives them an extra couple weeks of deer season. Other than that, they really don't like them at all. So I, I like them, you know, and because a lot of people get into it, but they don't really like it, they get burnt out and they sell them real cheap so I can buy them real cheap and I like that part of it as well. Uh, so I enjoy full black powder guns. But the problem is it's hard to find someone else that shares my interest. It's hard to find somebody. But boy, whenever I find someone who's like, man, I love those old guns. I mean, we just get lost in conversation immediately. Hey, what, what do you use for wadding in your shotgun? What kind of powder do you use? Oh, does this burn hotter? Do you like this kind of cap? Have, do you shoot flintlock or percussion? And I mean, we can just get lost in conversation almost immediately because we both are talking about something we both enjoy. You know what? As a Christian, this world out here does not get why we do what we do. But boy, I'm telling you what. There's a group of Sunday school teachers who get why we do what we do. And I can fellowship in the gospel with the Sunday school teachers. And boy, I tell you what, I am thankful for the fellowship that is provided in the gospel with those that work and labor in the Word week in and week out. Not only am I thankful for the fellowship you provide in that regard, but I'm also thankful for the fellowship you provide in the atmosphere of the Sunday school class. Now, I know that we're all together here in the auditorium, but most of the time we arrive just a couple of minutes before service starts and right away things begin happening. The piano begins playing. You see that service is getting ready to start. So we take our seats and we pretty much stay to ourselves. The service is over and we dismiss to our vehicles. And although we may greet one another, there's not a lot of fellowship. But in Sunday school, it's all different. I'm telling you what, in Sunday school, there is a smaller group. Uh, we are able to share our personal prayer request. Uh, we are able to talk one with another. Uh, we are able to get a closeness. Uh, there is a fellowship uh, in Sunday school, and I'm thankful for the Sunday school teachers that provide that atmosphere of fellowship. So I'm thankful for the joy you bring. I'm thankful for the fellowship you provide. But then in verse number 5, he says, For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul said, I'm thankful that I've been able to fellowship with you from the first day until now. Now, I don't know exactly how much time had passed, but apparently this was a, an extended period of time. And Paul said, I'm thankful that you've been faithful. 
I'm thankful that from the first day you started this until now, you are still faithful in the Word. You know what? There is nothing that thrills a pastor's heart to like faithful people who are always there, always doing what they've been called to do, always serving, always taking care of things, just faithful, 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 faithful. And you know what? Some of the most faithful people you will ever meet are Sunday school teachers. They are there whether you call them or not. There's some folks who say that they'll take care of things and you have to call them multiple times. Hey, have you taken care of that? Have you looked into that? Sunday school teachers, they're always here. Their lesson's always ready. They're always in their place. And many Sunday school teachers serve not one year, not five years, but it's not uncommon to find teachers that have served for 20, 30, 40 years teaching that same group of people year after year after year. Sunday after Sunday, after Sunday, faithful in the work of the Lord. Do you know that a Sunday school, Sunday school teacher's Saturday evening looks a lot different than yours? Yeah, Saturday evening, the week's over, the work is done. You're sitting on the couch eating ice cream, watching your favorite TV show. You know what that Sunday school teacher's doing? They're sitting there pouring over that lesson, writing down notes, writing down prayer requests, Trying to remember whose dog was it that was sick. Was it Jimmy or Johnny that had the sick dog? Got to make sure I remember to pray for the sick dog. Their, their Saturday nights look different than yours. But you know what? They do it week after week after week after week. And Paul said, I'm thankful for your faithfulness. And this morning I say to the Sunday school teachers that serve at Marlbrook Baptist Church, I'm thankful for the faithfulness you exhibit. But then Paul goes on. He said, not only am I thankful for that, but I'm also thankful for the testimony that you live. The testimony you live. You know, you're, if you are in a position in a church, it doesn't matter if you are the pastor, if you are the Sunday school teacher, if you are the song leader, if you take up the offering, it doesn't matter what role you feel. If you are in a position or have a position, people look at you as an example of what a Christian's supposed to be. You are in a position that puts you in the forefront and people look at you as so this is what a Christian's supposed to be. This is how a Christian's supposed to act. And so whenever you are in a position in the church, whenever you leave the church and you go out into the community and you're at Walmart or you're at the grocery store or you're at the baseball game or wherever you might be, they look at you and they determine that the way you act is the way a Christian's supposed to act. Paul said, I am thankful for the testimony that you folks live. Look there in verse number 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now there's two things here. Most of the time when we look at this verse, uh, we look at God, the, the God side of this verse, which is that we are confident uh, that if God has started something, He is going to finish it. And this verse definitely teaches that. But we can also see here, and this is what I believe Paul might be saying right here. Paul said, I am confident. Uh, he said, I look at you. I look at how much you have grown. I look at your life. I look at your testimony. And I am confident uh, from looking at you the way you have lived up to this 
point is the way you're going to continue to live for the rest of your life. You have a testimony of someone that lives for the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul said, I am thankful for your testimony. And this morning I say to the Sunday school teachers of Marlbrook Baptist Church, I am thankful for your testimony. I am thankful that you are the same outside of the church that you are on the inside. I am thankful that if someone encounters you in the community that they're going to see someone who is an example of what a Christian ought to be. I am thankful that you exhibit Christ-likeness every day of your life, not just on Sunday morning. We're thankful for the testimony that you live. But then the last thing that Paul is thankful for, that I also am thankful for, we find in verse 7 and verse number 8, he says, Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, Paul said, this is normal that I would be thankful for all of these things. Why? He said, because I have you in my heart. Paul said, it's, it's normal that I would say all these nice things about you all. Here's why. Because I have you in my heart. He said, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I'm thankful for the friendship that we share. I am thankful that we can be friends as we serve the Lord together. This morning I say to the Sunday school teachers of Marlbrook Baptist Church, I'm thankful for the friendship that we share. I'm thankful that we can labor together as friends in the gospel. And then we see that Paul goes on and Paul shares his prayer for the people at Philippi. And I believe that this is a prayer that we can pray for our Sunday school teachers. I see a few things here that Paul prayed for. First of all, Paul prayed for their growth. Actually, all of these that we will be looking at is areas that Paul was praying that they would grow. You know, sometime back, I believe I was assistant pastor. I may have not even been assistant pastor at that time, but I think I was. But I was in a deacon's meeting, and I said to the deacons, I said, pray for me, not just that I'm a good deacon or a good assistant pastor, whichever it was, but pray for me that I'll be a good husband. Pray for me that I'll be a good dad. Pray for me that I'll be the person that I ought to be because I'm not perfect and I need men praying for me that I will grow in these areas. And ever since then, even to this day, I won't say his name, but there's one of those men, if I hear him pray, he'll pray that the Lord will bless me to be a husband and bless me to be the dad I ought to be and bless me to be the man that I ought to be. And you know what? I appreciate that. It means so much to me every time I hear it. Because why? Because I know that I need to grow. And knowing that there is someone who is praying that the Lord will help me to grow in those areas means so much to me. So whenever we look at this and Paul says, teachers, people in Philippi, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you'll grow. This is not a condemnation. Uh, this is not uh, correcting them. Paul's saying, I know that you want to be closer to Christ and here is what I'm praying that God will do in your life. Here's some areas that Paul prays that they will grow. In verse number 9 he said, and this I pray that your love 
may abound. Paul said, I'm going to pray that you will grow in the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am going to pray that you are able to extend the love of God to more and more people. I'm going to pray that you're able to express the love of God. I'm going to pray that you can exhibit the love of God. I'm going to pray that when people see you, they encounter a sample of what God's love is like. I'm going to pray for you that you grow in the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only that, though, he said, In this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge. Paul said, Not only am I going to pray that you love more, but I'm going to pray that you grow in knowledge. You know what? Every one of us have so much that we can learn about the Word of God. Never will we ever understand everything that is in this book. There is always more and more and more to learn. And Paul said, I'm going to pray that you grow in knowledge. And this morning I say to the Sunday school teachers and to all the members of Marlbrook Baptist Church, my prayer for you is that you grow in knowledge of the Word of God. You know what? The better you understand it, the better you can share it. And the better you can share it, the better people can receive it. I'm praying that you grow in knowledge but then Paul said not only that, but I'm also praying that you grow in all judgment. I'm praying that you grow in judgment. I'm praying that you understand how to make right decisions. I'm praying that you know when to make the right call. I'm praying that you understand what's right to do and what's wrong to do. There's many things that we encounter that there's not a clear written answer in the Word of God. And many times we have to look at principles of the Word of God to combine them together to understand what is the right or the wrong thing to do. Paul said, I'm praying that you'll grow in judgment, that you'll know how to make the right calls and when to make them. A lot of times in a Sunday school class, adult and children, but especially in the children, those teachers have to make some judgment calls. Paul said, I'm praying that you grow in judgment. But then Paul said, I'm also praying for you that you'll grow in your discernment. He said in verse number 10, that ye may approve things that are excellent. I'm praying that you'll grow in discernment. Now discernment is something that we talk about. But it's something that we don't often explain very well. Discernment comes in many different ways. Discernment can come from book knowledge. Uh, <clears throat> Brother Hot Rod here, he's a, a welder. He does a lot of welding. I have a welder. I'm not a welder. Okay? And now if Brother Hot Rod was to watch me welding two pieces of metal together, he would very quickly discern that I was not good at what I was doing just simply because he knows what he's doing. He understands it. He has a head knowledge and he has a practical knowledge. He understands it. And so he is able to discern very quickly, Pastor John, watch out. Let me weld that for you. This is not looking good. So uh, there's discernment that comes from knowledge. But there is also, and this is what I believe Paul was talking about, and it's what I'm talking about this morning, there is discernment that comes from God. There are things that... We don't have experience with. There are things that we come up against that there's no right or wrong answer. And we have to discern, God, what would you have me to do in this situation? I believe that any person who is in a place of leadership in a church needs discernment. 
They need the help of God to help them discern what is the best or the right or the wrong thing to do. And Paul said, I'm praying for you people at Philippi that God will give you discernment. So whenever you encounter a situation in your life where it seems that either answer could be right or either answer could be wrong, that God will give you discernment so that you can know what it is that God would have you to do. Paul said, I'm praying that you grow in the area of discernment. And then Paul said, I'm praying that you grow in your sincerity. He said in verse number 10 that ye may approve all things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere. Paul said, I'm praying that you grow in your sincerity. I know from a pastor's perspective, there are some weeks, now this might surprise y'all, there are some weeks where I spend hours prepping, studying, preparing. My heart is in the message. I've labored and labored over the message. There are other weeks when it's been a hectic week and it's been a busy week and nothing's came together like it was supposed to and it's 11 o'clock on a Saturday night and I'm like, I think that'll preach. Praise the Lord. (laughs) It's just where you're at. I'm not saying that I don't take my job seriously. It's just where you find yourself sometimes. And I try not to be there. But I have known folks, and I'm not speaking of anyone in here, I'm speaking of folks I've known throughout my life, who that becomes their habit. You know what? I did it last time and it preached. (laughs) Let's do it again. I've known preachers who went to the pulpit who had never even looked at a sermon. And I'm not saying that God can't give you a sermon. He definitely can. And I've seen God do that. But I've also heard men preach, and I'm not trying to tear them down, who it was very evident they hadn't looked at a sermon. You know what Paul said? I'm praying that you stay sincere in your ministry. You know what? When you're teaching that same group of kids year after year after year and you're teaching the same Bible stories over and over and over again, it can become very easy to lose your sincerity. Paul's saying, I'm praying that you stay sincere. I'm praying that you keep on digging in the Word, uncovering the truth of the Word of God, that you keep bringing those stories alive, that you can stay passionate about what God has called you to do. I'm praying that you stay sincere. Then Paul said, I'm also praying that you stay pure. Chapter There in verse number 10, he said, that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere, And then he said, and without offense till the day of Christ. That word offense there is derived from the Greek word akrokpikos, which is defined as faultless, not led into sin, void of offense, blameless. Paul said, I'm praying for you that you stay pure. You're in a position of teaching the word of God to those who are eager and learning My prayer for you is that you stay pure. You know what? Each and every one of us live in the same world. Each and every one of us are faced with the same temptations. And each and every one of us are just as vulnerable and able to fall into sin as the next person is. There's nothing in me that makes me holier or more uh, better able to defend myself against temptation than anyone else. 
The only strength that I have is in Christ. And that's the only strength that any one of us have. But Paul said, I understand that you are in a position and you are teaching and if impurity and sin enters into your life, you will become ineffective and not only will you become ineffective, uh, but you could actually have uh, backlash that would affect people you've taught in the past. Uh, My prayer for you is that you stay pure. My prayer for you is that you stay clean. My prayer for you is that you stay away from those things that can lead into temptation. You stay away from those things that can put a black mark on your life. My prayer for you as a Sunday school teacher, my prayer for you as a member of the church, my prayer for you as a Christian is that you stay without offense until the day of Jesus Christ. Purity. And then... Paul's last prayer request for the folks at Philippi, my request for you, is that you will grow in fruitfulness. He said there in verse number 11, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God, that you will be filled with fruitfulness. You know, there's nothing a teacher desires more than to see fruit for their labor. There's nothing a teacher desires more than to see someone growing and learning the Word of God. There's nothing a teacher desires more than to see a new person come into the class and begin to get into the Word of God and begin to grow in the Word of God. To see people added to the church. Sunday school teachers whose heart is in their work. They long to see a change made in the lives of those they are teaching. They long to see them be able to quote the memory verses and recite the Bible stories. The adult teachers long to see people setting the sin aside, cleaning their life up, becoming more faithful. We long to see fruit. And Paul said, I'm praying for you that we'll see fruit in your life. My prayer for the teachers of Marlbrook is that we'll see fruit for your labor. There's two things that we see here. First, we see the fruit of souls. Paul said, I'm praying that you'll be fruitful in regard to the fruit of souls. Psalm 126 and verse number 6 says, He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Paul said, I'm praying that there'll be fruit. I'm praying that folks will come to know Christ because of your labor. I'm praying that folks will grow in their understanding of the Word of God because of your labor. I am praying that folks uh, will have an impact on others because of your labor. I'm praying that you will have fruit uh, in the lives of people. But then I believe another place that Paul is praying that they'll be fruitful is in the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5 verse 22 through 26 it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Paul said, my prayer for you is that you will be filled with the fruits of righteousness. I pray that your life is a life that is an example of the fruits of the Spirit. That folks can look at you and see someone who is living the life that God has called us to live. Paul said, I'm thankful for you. And there's a long list of reasons why I'm thankful. And this morning I say to the school teach, Sunday school teachers of Marlbrook Baptist Church, I'm thankful for you. Amen. I say to the members of Marlbrook Baptist Church, I'm thankful for you. And then Paul said, and here's my prayer. Here's my prayer that you will grow in the Lord. And that is my prayer for each and every one here, that you will grow 
in the Lord. At this time, I'm going to ask all of our Sunday school teachers that are here, uh, able here in the auditorium that are able to come. I know some are serving downstairs and in other places. But if you're here and you're able, if you'd make your way up here to the front and just stand right here along the front of the church, I've got something that we want to give to you this morning just to let you know that we appreciate you and appreciate your faithfulness, appreciate your labor. We have your names in the bulletin. If your name is in the bulletin, come on to the front. So if your name's in the bulletin here as one of our Sunday school teachers, come on up to the front and join us here. All those that labor in our Sunday school departments, and I know that there's some uh, who are out of town and some that are laboring downstairs. They're not all here, but we'll try to get to some of the others. Uh, whenever we went through our list of Sunday school teachers, we have 18 people here at Marlbrook Baptist Church that serve in our Sunday school department, many of them every week in some place or other, some serving in multiple Sunday school classes. And I tell you what, I praise the Lord. I don't say this in a means of haughtiness at all because it's only God that allows anything. But there's a lot of churches in our area that run 18 people. And God's blessed us with 18 people who are not only here, but they're serving. And I'm telling you what, I thank the Lord for these people who serve week in and week out for the cause of Christ. Let's give them a big round of applause. We do have a small gift here for you. It's not, not much, but it's just a little gift to show our appreciation and let you know that we are very thankful. Here, Luke, I'll give you both of them. There you go. Very thankful for y'all's faithfulness, your labor each and every week for coming, for serving. We just thank you for it so very much. Hope that this gift just lets you know that we appreciate you. I got more. <laughs> There are uh, caramel chocolates in here. That's Melissa's favorite, so that's why they were chosen. So if you don't like them, see Melissa, all right? So thank you, Carded. We just appreciate y'all. And I want to say as your pastor, this wouldn't happen without y'all. And I appreciate you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your labor of love. And this is just a small token this Sunday to let you know we appreciate y'all. Thank you much. Let's give them another round of applause. Amen. Well, at this time, let's all stand. Thank you for being in the Lord's house. Thank you for coming. And do your best to let your Sunday school teachers know we love you and we appreciate you. And thank you for your faithfulness. And I know I put this plug in from time to time, but if it was ever appropriate, it's appropriate today. If you are not a part of a Sunday school class at Ballbrook Baptist Church, I encourage you. Come be a part of a Sunday school class. I promise you, you won't regret it. You won't regret it. We have uh, Sunday school classes from nursery to senior saints, three different adult classes. Find where you fit. Come be a part of a Sunday school class. Get to know the people in your group. And come let these folks who labor every week to bring the Word of God, let them minister to your soul and watch how you grow in the Lord. I guarantee you won't regret it if you could make that commitment. Brother Rick, would you pray and dismiss us?
I know it's easy for them to get discouraged. It's easy for them to get weary. And so, Father, we pray that you might give them the energy that's needed. And, Lord, I pray your blessings on them that they might have fruit that will last unto eternity. Again, we thank you and praise you for our pastor, and I pray your blessings on he and his family this day. And bless us, we leave this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.